The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. We do the digging so you don't have to. We've got breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Bringing you the biggest stories from the industry you care about. This is the Media Noise Podcast. Well, let's hear it. Now, here's your host, Dimitri Ravanos. So I got to tell you, I was going to take the week off because I am with my family up in Washington State this week as we hit a variety of national parks. We're in Seattle. Maybe you can hear the sounds of the city behind me. I don't particularly love the way this episode sounds because I have to record on my AirPods. Uh, but bear with me because when there is breaking news that affects both college football and the sports media, it is like a siren song to me. Someone yelling out into the ether, Dimitri, we need your opinion on this. So let's talk about the idea of USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten and the media implications. First of all, I think it is fair to wonder if Fox had a hand in this the same way we believe ESPN had a hand in Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Just like the SEC is poised to become ESPN's most valuable college sports property, uh, Fox really could get away with the Big Ten being its only college sports property, even though they do have a relationship with the Big 12. And hell, maybe that made this a little bit easier for Fox, not only to justify, but also to orchestrate. I'm not saying for sure that is the case. I'm saying it would not surprise me if that, I guess, influence over both the Big Ten and the USC and UCLA brands played a role in making this happen. The other thing, and we sort of talked about this not too long ago when Tyler McComas was on the show, like, man, oh man, is this more evidence than ever that the TV partners, the media rights partners, probably in all of college sports, but certainly in college football, have so much control and they offer such big checks when these rights fees come up. that they can convince some of the best programs in the sport to act against their best interests. I mean, USC just brought in Lincoln Riley to be their new football coach. And we all thought this was going to be the dawning of a new era for USC. It was going to be the Pete Carroll era, maybe part two, but certainly at the very least, we wouldn't constantly be talking about USC disappointing anymore. We thought there was some structure there. A couple of years ago, Chip Kelly made those same inroads, or at least we expected he would make those same inroads at UCLA. UCLA basketball is set to take a big leap forward this year. And now those two programs leave the Pac-12, where in their respective sports, UCLA and basketball, USC and football, they are the big dogs in the room by miles to now are they at best playing for second place? I mean, USC has a lot of advantages. They don't have the advantages Ohio State has in football. UCLA can do a lot in the world of college basketball that other programs can't. I don't think Michigan State is one of those programs. I don't think when they get their shit together, I don't think Michigan or Ohio State are those programs. Iowa, Wisconsin, they have proven to be steady in a way UCLA hasn't. So 
I bring all this up to say that it is always interesting to me when these major conference realignments happen. You know, like when we saw Cincinnati, Houston, uh, who else was it? BYU and UCF make the leap from the AAC for three of them and BYU as an independent to the Big 12. Okay, that made a lot of sense for all four of those programs. It made a lot of sense for the Big 12 and whoever their future media partners are going to be. They, They all made sense on all sides. I don't know that Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and now UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten made a lot of sense for those programs. Honestly, I don't know how much sense this makes for the Big Ten. This only seems to make sense for Fox, and I don't fault Fox for flexing their muscle here. I really don't. I don't think the Big Ten – and look, this is a – for all of us that follow college sports, the, the following sentence will not surprise you at all. The Big Ten sometimes cannot get out of its own way when it thinks about history, right? The Big Ten is slow to adapt, and it doesn't always have to be on the cutting edge because of the fan base. We'll get to that in a second. But this move, adding USC and UCLA, really reeks of the way we were thinking about realignment uh, when Nebraska joined the Big Ten, when Texas A&M and Missouri joined the SEC when the American Athletic Conference was formed, when uh, who was it? Syracuse and Pittsburgh and eventually Louisville uh, joined the ACC. I mean, it was all driven by media markets, right? They were all driven by media markets. We're, I think, kind of in a post-media market world. I know that sounds weird to say, particularly in a business on the radio side where market size matters so much. Who is watching? Who you have, have access to? I should say who is listening who you have access to, all of that still matters on the radio side. I don't know that it does so much in national sports media anymore. Look at what just happened with the NBA Finals, right? The NBA Finals saw some of their lowest non-pandemic-affected ratings in, what was it, 15 years? And overwhelmingly, the reason is because younger fans are consuming highlights now. Overwhelmingly, we saw the evidence that TikTok, that Instagram Reels, that YouTube, that is where people were going, people under the age of 25, were going to consume the NBA Finals. I don't think it is going to be that different for college sports, whether it's basketball or football. And so when the Big Ten makes the leap to go add teams in the Los Angeles market, I don't know how much Los Angeles makes a difference in 2022 Versus, say, 10 years ago when, you know, it was really important for them to get the University of Maryland because that's the D.C. television market. It was really important for them to get Rutgers because that is the uh, what the New York television market. And that was all good for the Big Ten Network. And the Big Ten Network is, of course, part of the Fox family. And again, we come back to just how much influence Fox has over that conference. And again, if I'm Fox, I would be flexing that muscle all the time. The network just convinced the Big Ten to let them play uh, consultant, I guess you would say, advisor, as they shot the second half of their media rights deal. Uh, and, And of course, Fox still carries the primary media rights for the Big Ten. So let's talk about the fan base. I mentioned we'd come back to that. You know, think about the schools in the Big Ten. Let's let's move the two California schools to the side for a second. Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Rutgers. These are all big, big schools, right? And in the case of Michigan, 
in the case of Minnesota, in the case of Northwestern, in the case of Indiana. These are schools that kids come to from all over the country. They are some of the most uh, prestigious public universities. Northwestern's a private university, but obviously prestigious in its own right. Kids come to from all over the country, and then they expand. They leave the school, and the fan base's geographic footprint expands because the Big Ten's graduates go everywhere, right? The SEC's graduates all largely go to Atlanta or Nashville, I guess now or Charlotte, too. The ACC, you know, it's sort of half and half. Do you go to Charlotte? Do you go to New York? The Big 12's graduates for so long, Dallas, period. The Pac-12's graduates up and down the Pacific Coast. But the Big Ten alone spread their graduates around the country. And so, again, I come back to the idea of just how much does the size of the geographic footprint of where Pac- or excuse me, where Big Ten schools are, how much does it actually matter? Either way, if you're Fox, you're celebrating today. If you're the Big Ten, I think you are celebrating because, again, that aforementioned second half of the media rights deal is still on the table, right? I think that ESPN, Apple, Amazon, like USC is a brand, man. UCLA basketball is a brand. Suddenly the asking price just got a whole lot bigger and you understand why Kevin Warren just let that Memorial Day deadline that he set for himself blow right by. And by the way, all the people that were pissed off at Kevin Warren for not knowing how to handle the 2020 season amidst COVID and calling for his job, I would guess they're pretty happy today. I would guess, I, I, I can't say for sure. All right, let's wrap up by talking about what this means for the Pac-12 because they are the next of the power conferences whose media rights deals hit the open market. And what happens now? And it's not just about losing the two LA schools. What does Oregon do? What does Washington do? What do the Arizona schools do? Does the Mountain West suddenly become a really appealing place for those teams in, you know, that aren't touching the Pacific, the two Arizona schools, Utah and Colorado, does the Mountain West have the chance to sort of leapfrog the Pac-12 or does the Pac-12 see a path? Do they see a path where maybe they could convince BYU to rethink the Big 12 for the Pac-12? Do they see value in Boise State? Are there teams out there? Maybe do they do they stretch their own geographic footprint and go add the Kansas schools. It doesn't do much for football, but for basketball, oh, buddy, that's a huge upgrade. And I think Kansas basketball, if you can't land Notre Dame football, Kansas basketball might be the most valuable brand college sports-wise out there and ripe for the plucking. Maybe we'll get down the road and the ACC has a little less stability and suddenly UNC and Duke are out there and, and then Kansas gets a run for its money. But as it stands right now, there is nothing as valuable as Jayhawk basketball that you could add. And I don't even know if that's valuable enough. I mean, I don't think the Pac-12 is just going to be content to slide back to being the Pac-10. The reality is that whether or not USC was going to be just rolling through Pac-12 championship games, and I, I am skeptical that they could have done it as quickly as some people say they could. Obviously, UCLA is not rolling through Pac-12 championship uh, games in the Pac-12 basketball tournament. But regardless of those teams' histories in those respective sports, I don't know that they were the center of the Pac-12 universe. That might have been the Pac-12's problem for some time, right? In terms of football, the SEC runs through Tuscaloosa. In terms of basketball, 
It runs through Lexington, Kentucky. The ACC, basketball runs through the state of North Carolina. Football runs through Clemson, South Carolina. Ohio State, you know, Columbus, Ohio is where the Big Ten runs through in football. I really think not having that consistent power and power on the national level, because I get like Utah has built up a pretty consistent program. Oregon has built up a pretty consistent program, but they are consistently two and three loss teams. And that's the best of a bad bunch right now. I don't know. You know, on the one hand, that keeps you out of the college football playoff, and that is a real problem. On the other hand, it does make it so a loss of a marquee program like USC. Maybe it's not possible that it absolutely crumbles the conference, but we are going to see what kind of moves the Pac-12 makes leading up to next year when they move into the spotlight, because certainly they would like to have the kind of conversations with Apple and Amazon and ESPN and NBC that the Big Ten is having right now. That one just dawned on me, by the way. Right now, if the Big Ten does not bend over backwards to, let me rephrase, if NBC does not bend over backwards to get the second half of the Big Ten media rights, they are absolute fools. Uh, This is all off the top of my head. I'm literally sitting in the bedroom of the Airbnb in Seattle that we're staying in with a blanket over my head to eliminate Echo. As I talk about this, we're going to have so much more to say about this in the future, we will write so much more on the site, but I didn't want this week to go by without getting some of these thoughts out there and without uh, also recording sort of an, an emergency episode of Media Noise, so to speak. So I will be back with you next week. Talk to you then, everybody. This concludes our broadcast day. Thanks for listening to the Media Noise podcast with Dimitri Ravanos. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review and check back soon for new episodes. To stay up to date on the latest sports media happenings, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.